Good morning and welcome to Wake Up With Marcy. It's time to be inspired, empowered, and learn to live our happiest lives. We do this through stories of hope, celebrity inspiration, education, and resources. On today's show, we learn about being your best by knowing your self-worth and creating a self-care routine, how to create an attainable, healthy New Year's resolution, how to stand tall and use your voice, along with where and what you should focus your energy on in 2022. Now let's meet our guest. We first meet Ianla Van Zandt. She is a spiritual teacher, New York Times bestselling author and speaker. She was a regular on Oprah and hosted Ianla Fix My Life on the OWN Network. She is here today to teach us the difference between self-love and self-care, and she shares all about her masterpiece, a program to learn about mind, body, and spirit, along with a new luxury bath bar line. We then meet speaker, author, and mentor Eliza Van Court. Eliza is the author of the best-selling book, A Woman's Guide to Claiming Space, Stand Tall, Raise Your Voice, Be Heard. Her book has received critical acclaim nationally and internationally. She shares how women can accelerate the process of claiming space and what that means. Hello, Yanla. Welcome to Wake Up With Marcy. Good morning and thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. Such a pleasure to have you on. Good. And we're going to talk about something that is actually newer for me and something I love, and that's self-love. Yes. Uh, It took me a long time to get to that place, uh, but I'm excited. We're going to talk about the difference between self-love and self-care. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's dive into this. Okay. (laughs) You know... It's funny because self-care has become such a buzzword these days. You know, oh, self-care, I got to do self-care. But it goes so far beyond, you know, your nails and your hair and your pedicure. (laughs) You know, self-care is really about honoring. It's first about knowing and then honoring and then nourishing and nurturing who you are from the inside out. And because it's from the inside out, it really relies heavily on self-love. And if I were to say the simplest um, explanation or definition of self-love is accepting yourself exactly as you are. So let me ask you about the Yanla, because I know that it's confusing for people. They don't know what that really means to start from the inside out. What does that mean? First, your self-talk. Yeah. <laughs> What's your, your constant self-talk? Second of all, what is the story that you tell yourself about yourself? So many people are what I call SOS, stuck on story. And they say, they say oh, I grew up. My father wasn't there. My mother was sick. My bro- She liked my brother best. And, you know, it was so hard. It was so tragic. It, you know, that's the story that we're telling ourselves. But what yeah. that does is that's brutalizes and traumatizes us on the inside. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn how to speak our story and honor our story in a way that also honors us. And sometimes it's just in the languaging. You know, growing up for me was challenging. But what I learned was, you know. And looking at it as a teaching moment, 
right? Because no matter how horrible anything was, there was something you got out of it. Right. The divorce, the illness, the death, the job loss, the whatever. There was something, you know, simple things like I learned how to be resilient. Mm -hmm. I learned how to be resourceful. I learned, you know, I, I my parents were this or my brother, my sister, whatever. You know, I learned how to be um, a patient. You know, as, as someone that was uh, sexually molested as a child, I learned that I am so much more than my body. Mm-hmm. What happened to me or that experience yeah. didn't take away anything that's essential to the truth of who I am. But I had, that's my story. And I, I had to learn that. Yeah. And, yeah. and going back to self-love, I, I remember the first time I finally was able to say that and I had shame. I yes. felt like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Couldn't be, like, why is that? Yeah. Why are we embarrassed to say, I love myself? Because as children and, you know, the younger we are, the more ingrained it are, we are. As children, we're very self-centered. You know, kids, are everything's yeah. about me. It's all about me, what I want, what I need. So when something happens to us as children, we think that we should have been able to prevent it. That's the childhood concept of it. And many of us don't grow our child up internally. We continue to tell the child's story, see it from the child's perspective. And and then we think that we're honoring the child, but what we're actually doing is dishonoring who we are. And the shame, uh, particularly when it comes to sexual abuse, the shame and the guilt, because of all of the distorted images and, and perceptions that we're taught about sex. Yeah. You know, and we're not about sex, but we're not taught about power. So we are stuck thinking that sexual abuse was about the sex part when it was really about the abuse of the power, whoever that big person was, you know, their size, their presence, their role, their relationship in the child's life. It's more often than not an abuse of power that grows out of their broken place. Exactly. And, and I've, I have recognized that, that that person is broken also. Oh, yes. Very Um, broken. Very broken. (laughs) Yeah. I would do that to a child. And so, and then here, clutch your pearls, because here comes the hard part. (laughs) Uh, Once you realize that that person is broken or wounded, that it was an abuse of power, and that that act in your life is diminishing your capacity or ability to accept yourself, then your ticket to freedom is forgiveness. Oh, yep. I know. <laughs> I know the forgiveness, but we're not saying it's okay what they did, right? No, no, we're not <laughs> saying it's okay. Yeah. But it's forgiveness to free yourself. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness for you can't unsee it, unfeel it, unhear it, unthink it. But what you can do is free yourself from the energetic trap of it. This happened to me. I've never said I'm a sexual abuse survivor. Never. I've never said okay. that. I didn't survive anything. I no. had the experience. I had the experience of sexual oh, abuse. Oh, I thought I like that. When I have an experience, there's yeah. always a lesson in it. Mm-hmm. Always. I, I like that. I was sexually violated at the age of nine and didn't know what you call it until I was 30. Mm, I didn't really? know I had been raped 
I didn't know why, because I told it never happened again, but there was never a conversation about it. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know. I just knew it was never going to happen to me again. So I told the other adults and the person, my violator denied it. So then I became the problem. I could never be alone with him. I could never be around him, but it was moving me and go with your sister, go with your brother. Don't go here. Don't go there. I became the problem. That's what caused greater damage to me than the fact that I was sexually violated. So that experience, so the shame of it, the guilt of it, uh, and so many other things. But it wasn't until I was 30 and watching a television show about a little boy who was sexually violated. And when they said he had been raped and I was like, is that what that was? Oh my God. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. I mean, did, and did this, the healing start for you there? The healing had started before because there were so many things around it. Like I said, I became the problem. Mm-hmm. I had to always go with my brother or always go with my sister. I couldn't be left alone in the house, but the, the big people, I call them big people, their yeah. annoyance was with me as opposed to with the violator because yeah. I continued to live in the house with the violator. So oh. the biggest experience for me was remaining in the presence of people who don't treat you well. Yeah. That's where we started. Yeah. I had to feel that. And it wasn't until, like I said, I was 30 that I could give that encounter, that experience of the sexual violation, a name because nobody yeah. talked about it. I didn't know what it was. I just knew it yeah. wasn't right. It wasn't good. And I wasn't doing right. that. Yet. And just put it away. Right. Yeah. about the self-care practice and I also want to talk about something it's really exciting that you've started and that's called masterpiece and that's a big part of the self-care for ourselves so yeah share more about that so self-care for the physical body goes beyond um eating tofu and beyond burgers you know yeah it's really about (laughs) resting and nurturing and caring for and listening to. Most people don't even listen to their body. The body says, I'm tired, but I got to get it done. You know, we're so busy doing. So my goal is, and my vision is to expand this concept of self-care into a movement that I'm calling Masterpiece. Love it. Masterpiece on all of your being. Because with everything that's going on in the world today, with all of the changes and the upheaval, peace is a commodity that many people don't have. (laughs) We need that desperately. Yes. Well, the first thing that you have to learn how to do, Marcy, is breathe. Most Mm. people don't know how to breathe. They suck air. (laughs) Yeah. And as soon as something happens... If you if you look at people in the you know in the Starbucks or every because every place you go everybody's on their phone and they're yeah. like you know yeah I know you know how to do a full belly breath fill your lungs up with air because if you're really breathing correctly it should take you three to five seconds for each breath 
And if you do that, you won't be as reactive and you won't talk so much. <laughs> yes, be quiet and listen. No. Okay, it takes time to really fully breathe. So learning how to breathe, learning how to still yourself, mm-hmm. just get still five minutes, three times a day. That's the prescription. So masterpiece um, you know, my vision, my intention, I've already begun. I've been doing it for 40 years, but now I've just given it a name is to give people the skills, the tools, the information, the practices, the processes that will support mm-hmm. us all in mastering peace. And one of Love the it. tools that I created, actually, my daughter created it before she made transition is a product that supports us in cleaning our body and clearing our energy, and Mm. opening up our inner channels to Mm -hmm. peace, to whatever we desire. And Mm -hmm. that is the masterpiece line of body therapy products. We have body washes, we have body butters, we have body scrubs, but they're all made with an intentional combination of herbs and scents. Mm -hmm. You know that scent is the only um, faculty that doesn't get processed by the brain. Mm. Scent opens the olfactory nerves, which works on memory and feeling. So you learned about a banana as a child. Somebody Mm -hmm. could blindfold you, handcuff you, and run a banana under your nose, and you would know what it is. Why? He doesn't have to tell you. It's the memory. Scent memory. So in every masterpiece product, we've intentionally scented it and intentionally did a combination of herbs that stimulates stimulates the central nervous system. Every wow. product comes with an affirmation. You mm-hmm. want to talk about self-care? Instead of just washing so you can get out the door and go to work, right. you took an extra three minutes. And while See? you wash, you say your affirmation. Yeah, be intentional about it, right? Yeah. Put the affirmation on and in because whatever goes on your body goes into your body. Mm -hmm. And this gives us a different connection. We take our regular bathing routine and elevate it into a self-care ritual. Yeah, and it takes me back to what you said about an experience. An experience, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how many positive one? Yeah. Yeah. We jump up in the morning, we turn off the clock, we run and pee, brush your teeth, get your coffee, get dressed, throw the kids out the door, and you run off and and you've never even said, Oh, good morning, body. Yeah. Thank you. I know. For being willing to go through another day. Exactly. Exactly. And if we're looking for a gift, if we have a healthy body, that's a gift. And then it's our it's our job to take care of that. So, Yamla, I've just it's been such a pleasure having you on. You are an amazing woman. So how can we find more information about Masterpiece and this product and you? Yeah. Yamla.com. Now, I know people can't say it, but if you can spell it, it'll get you there. <laughs> I-Y-A-N-L-A. Yamla.com has all of my classes and my, you know, my mailing list, and then Masterpiece, P-E-A-C-E. It's one word, MasterpieceBodyTherapy.com. And that'll take you to all of our products. Oh, thank you so much. It's just, again, been such a pleasure and changing lives out there.
Yeah. Listen, have a great, great 2022. <laughs> yes, you too. Thank you. This is our, yeah, right? A new uh, gift, a new year. Yes. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Next up, we meet Eliza Van Court, author of the best-selling book, A Woman's Guide to Claiming Space, Stand Tall, Raise Your Voice, Be Heard. She shares with us challenges women are facing when going back to the workplace and what we need to do. Eliza, welcome to Wake Up with Marcy. Hi, Marcy. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to have you. And I'm really excited to talk about your book, A Woman's Guide to Claiming Space, Stand Tall, Raise Your Voice, and Be Heard. That is an awesome title. It is. And it was a community title, actually. The way that my my publishing house does it, we Uh actually poll my friends and family. And that's how we came up with it. It was really cool. That is very cool. So first of all, tell us, what exactly are we learning from your book? Well, we're learning how to claim space. And a lot of people don't know exactly what that means. So for me, claiming space means living the life of your choosing unapologetically and bravely. But bravery to me is not the absence of fear. Bravery to me is fear meeting action. Oh, so explain that a little more. Well, I think that we have this idea that, you know, in order to be brave, you have to not have any fear. And we think about that guy, you know, running into the field with a pointy sword and he's not afraid. And of course, if he's not afraid, it's insane because there are pointy swords out there. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I hope he's afraid or he's crazy. Um, So to me, bravery is really there to say, oh, I'm scared. That means I have something invested in this. That means this thing is worth doing for me. So I have to do the thing anyway, even though it scares me. And that's bravery. Every time I've ever been scared to death in my life, it's been been because I really care about the situation, whether it's having a child or starting a business. Right, right. That, That makes complete sense. I love that. So let's talk about women and we're making changes and going back to the workplace. Well, we're trying to get back to the workplace, but so what are the challenges we're facing? Well, I think we're facing a lot of challenges because in the beginning, and of course the pandemic was and is horrible for so many and so many are struggling, but in the beginning, we were having a lot of time, hard time kind of adjusting to work. And, you know, the kid would come in the room and we'd be so embarrassed, you know, oh no, my kid came in and now the kid walks in, gets milk out of the fridge and nobody cares, you know, the dog walks through, everyone says hi to the dog. So I think people are starting to acknowledge that we have lives and women tend to be the people who juggle. We tend Mm -hmm. to do more emotional labor. We tend to do more domestic labor. And now we can actually do that and integrate it into our lives more easily. Suddenly we're back in the workplace and people expect it to be completely separate again. If our kid texts us in the middle of a meeting, it's not okay. And so I think we are really trying to reestablish or we should be trying to reestablish this idea that what was going on there at home is life. And we need to have that respected in the workplace. Right. So how can we reset 
or change the way that others are thinking about that? Well, this is where I go to my idea of community and the power of women when they band together. I really think that women need to talk to each other more in the workplace about what they're finding difficult adjusting to, and then go to power structures and say, listen, you know, we were actually doing better with our work, much better when we had Mm -hmm. these other things in place and this flexibility, and we want that to continue. And I also think, you know, some women deal with things like sexual harassment in the workplace. And when you're working from here down, it just doesn't happen as much. And Mm -hmm. suddenly I've talked to many women who are just, I forgot what this was like. And so this is also a time for us to really put down hard boundaries and limits because you can actually kind of get into this sort of creep of letting people take your space just a little and you don't realize how much they have until suddenly you don't have to deal with it anymore. And then it's back in your face and you're back in the office and you think, how did I deal with this before? That is so true. Like, I, I do think that we're really thinking differently about everything and realizing that we can do it all, right? And that we are better when we are able to give the focus to all of the things that we need to in, in a balanced way. How can we really accelerate and, and reclaim our space back in the workplace? When you go back to work, think about the things that are hitting you like, whoa, I didn't remember that this really wasn't good, or I didn't remember this made me less productive and write them down. Because again, Mm -hmm. that creep happens and we forget and we adapt and we adapt quickly. Human beings are incredibly adaptable. So write them down and then start talking to other women and say, listen, I have this list why don't you make a list? This is what I'm hoping will happen. (laughs) And everybody makes a list of the things that really were working better when they could integrate their life and their work and then work together. Collective bargaining is a real thing and go to the people in charge and say, listen, this is not just me. There's overlap. We all made these lists and two of these things were on everybody's list. Just these Mm. two things. We really want you to think about changing. Because women work and women tend right. to be the one the kid calls me. My my 18-year-old, I was in a meeting the other day, a very big meeting. My 18-year-old texted me and I said, I can't. And I'm in a meeting. And he said, I crashed my sister, Ella, my his sister's car. And I just had to say, I have to leave this meeting immediately. Goodbye. And I ran right. over. He's fine. But the car is not. And, you know, he didn't call his dad. He called me. So you talk about collaborating with the women and making, you know, coming together and making a force. What about men? Are they playing a part in this? Absolutely. I mean, training is training. And I think I actually had a reporter, an older man once say to me, you aren't some man hating person, are you? And I said, not about that. (laughs) Exactly. I said, I really don't see how women wanting 50% of the space makes them hate men. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. So yeah, men can play a part. I think this comes down to, as I said, training. I think of it, I'm a nerd, I'm a sci-fi nerd. I think of it as the HTML on the wall in the matrix. They were literally Uh just have this coding. And once we see it, we're much more able to combat it. And so, for example, they found that when we raise our little boys, we say, don't interrupt at a much lower rate 
than we do to little girls. Sure. And then they grow up, the boys interrupt and the girls are not speaking and they're shutting up. Mm-hmm. It's not that the parents are saying, you know, I want my boys to go out and interrupt and I want my girls, you know, no, it's really that we are trained this way. And so I think what men can do more than anything is mm-hmm. just believe women when they share their experiences. And instead of saying, oh, no, you don't understand. That's not what I meant. It doesn't matter, really. It's about impact, right? Just say, okay, mm-hmm. thank you. I'll try to do it differently. And then if they see another man doing that thing, say, hey, you know, I've been told that's not cool. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Because the research actually shows that women, men don't actually listen to women. They listen to men more when they get that kind of intervention. Just as, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, white people don't listen to people of color as much. They tend to listen to other white people, which is very unfortunate. So to have those allies is really critically important. Absolutely. Eliza, thank you so much for coming on Wake Up With Marcy. And thank really you for having me. This conversation and, you know, just continued success with your book. Thank you so much. I love what you're doing on this show. And I, I truly am so excited to be here. Thank you, Eliza. I really appreciate that. and. Happy New Year. We got 2022. Let's make some changes. Get happy. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We're all trying. (laughs) Exactly. All right, Eliza. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining Wake Up with Marcy today. What an incredibly inspirational show. Remember, if you want any information about the guests, go to wakeupwithmarcy.com. I hope you will join my email list. Remember to be kind to others and kind to yourself. Have an incredible week and I'll see you next Saturday.